I was like, what in the heck is a hurdle? I've never seen a hurdle. I never did track and field. I did cheer and dance. I don't know. So I did some research. And as I did some research, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, what happens when you hit a hurdle? And that's the title of today's message. So before I dive into the word, I just want to pray and put our focus on Jesus and whatever he wants to say, we'll say. Heavenly Father, I thank you today. I thank you that we're able to gather as a family, God, as a church, and I thank you for what you're doing, not only in this local church, but in the global church, what you're doing in Odessa, and we just point our focus on you, God. Whatever you want to say it, say it, Jesus. Let it all be your glory. Amen. So like I said, I was doing some research because I don't know anything about sports. I wish I did. I wish I was that cool girl who, like, watched football all the time and basketball I don't. But I learned that hurdles is actually a running event. I thought it was going to be like long jump or high jump or what's the one where you like have the stick and you like, like, hur- yes, yes. I don't know who said it, but thank you because I don't know what that's called. Um, but I thought it would be in that. And as I did more research, it's a running event because you have to stride. You have to run. You have to have a constant pace for the race that we're running. And so as I did that, I was like, okay, Jesus, okay, what else you want to say? Holy Spirit was like, When you strive, you're not going to clear a hurdle. And when you strive, it's through your own doing, right? It's not what God wants. And we want to stride when we're with him. And so as I dug a little deeper, I was like, God, what does that look like? What does striving versus striding look like? And striving is oftentimes, I, for a really long time, wanted to be an influencer. I wanted to be the next, like, Instagram, like, next Kim Kardashian. And God was like, that's not really what I have for you. And I was like, all right, cool, no worries. But I would, like, do all the research on how to gain followers, how to gain engagement. And God was like, you are striving. I will elevate you whenever I am ready to. I will tell you to open your mouth whenever I tell you to open your mouth. And you'll do it. And you'll say what I want you to say. And so that's the difference between striving and striding. So how does that correlate with hurdles? You have to stride to clear those gracefully. And so, y'all, I'm nervous. I'm going to be real with y'all. Can we be vulnerable for a second? I haven't preached in a minute, so y'all bear with me. Give me some grace, right? Some grace for this race. You know what I mean? <laughs> Thank you for that. Appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Thank you. Y'all are the best. Um, literally have not done this in a hot minute. In youth, y'all, it's one thing to preach to youth kids because they'll just sit there and stare at you, and you could talk about anything, and they'll think you're great. But it's very different on a Sunday morning. Can I get an amen to all those people who've been up here? Thank you, Ashley. Appreciate you. So as I looked into hurdles, I was like, who in their right mind would want to pick an event or a race or a sport where you have to see hurdles and you see obstacles and you want to do that, right? That sounds crazy. That sounds bananas. And I was like, I wouldn't want to do that and I like to run. And Jesus sat me down and he very sweetly said to me, but isn't that what it's like to follow me? We have this encounter with this amazing God He's just, he's kind, he's compassionate, he's powerful, he breaks chains, he heals people, he does all of the things. And we see that, but we also see the obstacles that come with walking with him and running with him. And I was like, dang, I'm that crazy person. I'm the crazy person who likes to jump hurdles. But it's so cool, right? So cool. And when I think hurdles, I can't help but think about Hannah in the Bible. She had quite a few different hurdles, but I just want to talk about one today. So if you'll turn to 1 Samuel 1.4, and I'll kind of set the scene. Hannah was one of two women married to Elkanah. The other one was Peninnah. And as I was writing this, for y'all who don't know, I live with Kristen. And I was like, is that how you say your name? Peninnah? Peninnah? 
I don't know, but I was like, now I want Panera Bread because let's be real, that mac and cheese is delicious and I could eat all day, I'm like a little raccoon. But as I'm sure you can imagine, they didn't get along very well. Some translations even call them rivals, Hannah and Peninnah. So I'm gonna read, starting in verse four. On the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Peninnah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But Hannah, he gave double portion because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. I'm gonna stop right there. I read that, and y'all, I've read the story of Hannah a thousand times. She's one of my favorite people in the Bible. And as I sat there and read that, something jumped out that hasn't jumped out before. If you go back, it says that Peninnah gave Elkanon kids, but Hannah didn't. It didn't say why, though. It didn't say because she couldn't. It didn't say that she didn't want to. It didn't say that he didn't want them. It just said she didn't. But when it goes to address that, God does something so funny here. God addresses Hannah's identity before he addresses her infertility. He calls her blessed. He calls her loved. It says that she has a double portion, even though she's infertile. And I'm so thankful today, church, that God does that with us as well. He's going to call out our identity before he calls out our infirmities. He's going to call out the blessing in our lives before he calls out the barrenness, right? And I, I was stuck there, and it did something deep to my heart, deep to my heart, because as a woman, infertility can sometimes be a touchy subject. And, and even in that, barrenness and identity are huge to me and breaking that. For those of you who don't know, I actually was told once upon a time that I couldn't have kids. And it broke my heart, and it did something really deep. And I actually wasn't going to share this, so, okay, Holy Spirit, I got you. But it did something deep. And I could sit there and I could believe every doctor who told me that because of this, because of that, I won't have children. But that's a lie. That's a lie from the devil. That's a lie. Y'all, can we believe that? Can we thank God that he is not a God who will let people say that or doctors say that and not change it, right? Because he has promised me time and time again that I will be a mom, whatever that looks like. Sorry, that's like this, this with Hannah and identity is so big and it does something to my heart that I just can't get away from. And it's so his character to address her identity. And I love that. But that's the first hurdle I want to address. Hannah deeply wanted a child just like myself. And she was reminded of that all the time. She was reminded of her lack because Peninnah would poke and prod and, and basically beat her up because she couldn't have kids. And I think we've all been there where people remind us of our lack and people remind us that we're not good enough or that we can't be on stage preaching because we look a certain way or dress a certain way or have tattoos or but that doesn't change the anointing that God has given me. And that doesn't change the anointing God has given you because each and every one of you are a leader. I hope you know that. I'm talking to a group of leaders today. Y'all aren't just random people who got here by accident. Y'all are leaders. And I'm so honored to be here with you guys today. But that's a hurdle. And Hannah could have sat down Right? She could have seen this, and she could have walked through this. She could have sat down and said, you know what, Jesus? I'm good. I don't want kids. I see these hurdles, and that life isn't for me. Right? And I think we've all been at this point where we can sit here and look at the hurdles, or we can get up, and we can trust what God says, and we can run. Right? We can run, and we can drump our hurdles because God has given the grace for us to do that. And just like Hannah, I've already mentioned one of my hurdles, but a couple that I faced was moving here. 
For those of you who don't know, I'm from Austin, Texas, one of the most best cities on the planet. I love it. It's my hometown. I cried a little bit because yesterday I officially moved here. All of my stuff is here. My cat is here. Can I get an amen for this being home finally? Yes. I'm so hyped. But when the Lord told me to move here, I remember having this conversation with Pastor Josh, and he was like, are you crazy? And I was like, I guess so, dude. Like, I don't know. And all of my friends like to follow up with that. Why Odessa? Why West Texas? Why are you leaving one of the most popular cities in the United States for West Texas, for a Dust Bowl, for the Bible Belt, right? This is what people are saying. And I could have listened to them, and I said, you know what? You're right. This city is no good, like a lot of people like to say but I break that in Jesus' name. This city is full of so much, and God is doing something new here. He's doing something powerful here, and I am so honored to get to be a part of it, and that is why I moved here, but that's one of the hurdles, and then the second hurdles, it's so funny we're talking about identity, and that's y'all's word for the year. Y'all, one of the hurdles I faced is I had identity theft not once, but twice this year. How does that happen? I have no idea. I guess I buy too much online. I don't know, but not once, but twice. And it was funny to me that that was y'all's word of the year for 2019. And Pastor Josh was like, I don't think that's a coincidence. I was like, I don't think so either. And I still haven't gotten anything back from the second time it happened to me. And I'm just believing that God's going to take care of me. But I could have seen these hurdles. And I could have been like, you know what, I'll stay in Austin. I'll stay comfortable. I won't do this. I'll back away. And when I walk out of my lane, it means the people running next to me can't run in their lane. Because we're a team right? As the big C church, we're a team, and we encourage each other to run each other's race and do it well. And so, just like Hannah, I got up, wiped my tears away, because let's be real, there's been a lot of crying in this season, and I know I'm not the only one. There's, this has been a tough season. It's been tough. Can I get an amen? It's been rough. But you know what? Those hurdles that you are facing, I don't know what it looks like. I don't know if it's a diagnosis. I don't know if it's a divorce. I don't know what it is that you are facing, but your circumstances do not dictate the promise of God on your life. They don't. Because if Hannah had sat here and said, you know what, my circumstances say I can't have a baby, who would we not have in the Bible? Who would we not have? So many people. Because her hurdles were not for her. Her hurdles were not for her. They weren't. They weren't. My hurdles are not for me. It's so I can sit here and tell you guys, it's not crazy to move from a city because God tells you to. It's not crazy to give up your whole life to serve God. It's not crazy to have radical faith. It's not crazy to be a woman speaking when everyone tells you, say, you shouldn't be a woman speaking on the platform. It's not crazy. It's not crazy. The dreams that he has put in your heart, it's not crazy, church. If you believe that, can I get an amen? So I want to step away from Hannah for a minute before we go any further and look at Noah because his circumstances could have dictated those promises as well. My guy had to figure out measurements that did not exist yet to build the ark. Did you know that? Did you know that? The measurements that he used to build the ark, they didn't exist yet. He had to figure them out with the Holy Spirit. Who's thankful for the Holy Spirit? I know I am. Lord, I am so thankful for that. When he's like, hey, don't date that dude. I'm like, okay, cool, thank you. Hey, you know what? I mean, can I get an amen from some of my girls that have been here when the Holy Spirit says, don't date that guy? And from the guys when he's like, hey, step away from that girl. I mean, hey, he wants to keep it holy. You know what I'm saying? But I also look at David. David's circumstances said he was the smallest son who hung out with sheep all day. But he still had a promise on his life. I look at Esther. And Esther, she's also one of my favorites. She was essentially the lowest possible social class. 
and look at her. Her circumstances didn't dictate her promises. And I could go on and on and on and on and on and on because the Bible is full of people like me and you who come face to face with hurdles and overcome them because God has given us that grace. Isn't he so good, church? So thankfully, as you can tell, that's not where Hannah's story ends. Let's jump to 1 Samuel 1.20. And it says, In due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son. She called him Samuel, Samuel, for she said, I have asked for him from the Lord. Give me a second while I flip my notes, y'all. I'm like old school. I like print my notes. That's weird. I don't know why I just thought I should tell y'all that. I'm not cool and like digital like some people think I am. But as I looked at that, I was like, in due time, in due time, God gave her Samuel. And I was like, Jesus, it seems kind of mean to me, in due time. You could have made her fertile from the start. You could have opened her womb a long time ago so she didn't have to go through the things that she went through with Peninnah poking and prodding at her and pointing out all the things wrong with her and even in this story, people thought she was drunk in the tabernacle, y'all. Like, she could have not gone through all of that. She could have not. But Jesus said, these hurdles are not for you. And I touched on that a little bit more. But it's so encouraging to see stories like this in the Bible for me, church, because aren't you glad that this is full of imperfect people? Aren't you glad that this word is full of people just like me and you? And God did that on purpose. He's very intentional, you guys. His character is good. And that is why Hannah faced these hurdles. That is why you are facing these hurdles. So when you meet someone who's going through a divorce and doesn't know what to do, you can encourage them. I've been there. And my, my friend went through a divorce and told me it was going to be okay, told me what to expect. And if it wasn't for him going through that, he couldn't have told me that. I don't know what diagnosis you've been diagnosed with, but that hurdle isn't for you. I don't know what dreams people told you you couldn't accomplish, that's not for you. You're going to overcome them, thanks to God, and that's going to be your story. Like Matt said, testimonies are so important, right? And I think that's what God wants to say. And I'll close with this. Like I've been saying, you know, our race isn't for us. Our hurdles aren't for us. Even the Olympics, it's not, it's not for the runner. It's not for the person actually running the race. It's for their team. It's for their coach. It's for their family. It's rarely for the person actually running the race. And that reminds me of Jesus and the biggest hurdle of them all, the cross. The cross wasn't for the person on it. Yeah, it was, but it wasn't. Guys, it was for me. It was for you. It was for your kids, your grandkids, your stepkids. And I am so thankful for that. I am so thankful for the hope that the cross brings. And then when he resurrected, Guys, that wasn't for him. It was for us to see that he's good and he can still conquer the grave and he can still conquer death and he can do it again. And I could get up here and I could start that song all by myself, but I won't. Y'all don't want to hear it because my mouth is dry and it's not cute. But take hope, you guys. Take hope. When you face hurdles, the ones that God gives you to teach a lesson, the ones that we kind of build ourselves, sometimes we can build our own hurdles. I've done that a couple times. It's rough. Those are the roughest hurdles to get over. And I say rough because those are it's how bad it is. But, you know, you're going to face hurdles. You're going to face them day to day. And God's not going to let you do it alone. It's not going to be easy. I wish I could sit up here and tell you that following Jesus 
is rainbows and butterflies and, and all the things. And a lot of times it's not. But it can be because he's so good. And don't let your circumstances dictate the promises that he has for you. If y'all don't know, I'm a big crybaby. <laughs> but God is so good, is he not? And I, I just want to close out really, really quick and have the worship team come up. We're going to go back in to do it again because I think there's some things that he wants to speak to you. It's not, you're not here by mistake. It's intentional, you guys. It's intentional. And I don't know what hurdle you are facing, but God's telling you to run and do it again. Try again. If you fall, 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 try again. Because he will let you run this race with grace until you do it, guys. So I'm going to have you stand, and I want to pray for you guys as we go back into this song. If you would just close your eyes, and if you're comfortable, raise your hands. As just a sign, as Jesus, we acknowledge your presence here today. But Jesus, I thank you that you give us grace for these hurdles. That you don't make us run this race alone. That your love is sufficient. That your grace is sufficient. God, and speak personally to your people today. Whatever they're going through, whatever hurdles they are facing, let them know that they're not doing it alone. That your love covers all. That your blood covers all. That the cross as brutal as it was, sometimes our hurdles look like that. And Jesus, I thank you for that. I thank you that you are the ultimate example of what it's like to come over a hurdle. In your heavenly name.